dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Welcome to this edition of Blunt Business, presented by Strainwise Consulting. On today's program, we're going to talk about franchising and expansion of franchising for cannabis owners with a company that is booming out of the state of Colorado. Uh, today, we're talking with Christian Hagaseth. He's the CEO of One Cannabis. He's also the founder of Green Man Cannabis, which is a six-time Cannabis Cup winner with two dispensaries in Denver. He's been named an industry trailblazer by High Times Magazine in 2015, and his entrepreneurial journey in the cannabis industry is chronicled in his book, which was published by Macmillan, Big Weed on Entrepreneurs' High Stakes Adventures in the Budding Legal Marijuana Business. Christian, welcome to Blunt Business on Cannabis Radio. Hey, thank you very much. It's nice to be here, and I appreciate you having me. Our pleasure. I know we've uh, worked on having you on the show. We're glad to finally have you on. So a couple of announcements came along. And uh, I, first of all, reading up on your bio, I was simply fascinated by the diversity of you as an entrepreneur before you made your entrance into the cannabis space. So right out of college, you started with an ice cream business, which, wow, it's like, okay, yeah. it, I don't know if it was a franchise of that or if it was just something originally of your own creation. But then, you know, that's great and cool, but then you also then moved into real estate, which is a completely different bag altogether. And you did it in the mid-2000s, and we know that in 2008 we had the housing market crash that, you know, everybody got affected by it, and you were part of it. So what was that like, being in the business at that time? Very volatile business. Well, you know, it was, uh, you know, real estate was a very good business, and, you know, for the, I got in in uh, 2001, um, uh, just in about December of 2001, uh, I started a mortgage bank here in Denver with a, with a, a partner, and uh, we rolled up uh, mortgage origination around the United States. And then I started doing, I, I left the bank and, and went and started doing some uh, novel forms of financing. And uh, in, in 2008, I had this huge exposure. Um, I think 320 properties in 22 states that I had a financial interest in. And uh, obviously, 08 came along and everything, you know, first the mortgage market dried up and then housing prices collapsed and then commercial prices followed. And so it was devastating. Uh, you know, it was devastating both because I was, uh, you know, I was used to waking up every day and going to work with something to do and, you know, important to work on. And, uh, that, you know, what my life's work was, was, was gone. Uh, that, you know, that, that, that type of business uh, was really uh, obsolete there for a while. And um, and obviously with that it was financially devastating. I um I lost you know um, millions of dollars. I'm you know I'm a I guess I'm a self-made millionaire twice now. And now, I know you said um, millions, but I mean from what I read, it was nearly a billion dollars, correct? Well, it was, if you look at the total value of it, yeah, the um, the total value of the portfolios that we controlled were were you know in the hundreds of millions. Um, but just put my personal, uh, you know, personal cash, uh, I, I lost, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Um, and then we, I spent about 18 months, um, after the, there was the end, there was a day in, uh, in, in 2008 
where my controller walked into my office and said, Hey, uh, we're insolvent. Oh my God. And I said, well, and I said, well, what are we going to do about that? And he said, no, that you don't understand. Insolvent really means there's nothing left to do. We've, <laughs> we've played all of our cards. Wow. And I took, I spent about uh, 18 months just winding down those operations and giving everything, giving everything back and trying to, you know, make as many, as many people whole as possible. Um, in that. And then, um, well, that led to my, uh, and eventually that, that, that's what really led me to, to marijuana is that one of uh, my, my, my first, my attorney and a very good friend of mine invited me to play golf one day. He knew what I was going through in camp and, mm-hmm. uh, in the real estate business. And, uh, it was a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday and he called and almost, you know, trying to be funny. He's like, Hey, I know you're not doing anything today. <laughs> why don't you come play golf? <laughs> you know, why don't you come play golf? And, I went out and uh, joined him on the course, and another guy that he had invited to be in our foursome uh, was just about to open a dispensary. And it was in that round of golf that led to the uh, the idea for me to that really gave me the idea that that you know that legal marijuana was going to be a business and that I could be part of it. Now let me go um, ahead and but, before we continue yeah. on there, I want to take on that point. I want to just go back a little bit, just on what you were leaving before you made yourself mm-hmm. into the cannabis industry. Just take me your mindset throughout all of that where you survived this entire situation and we know there's a lot of a lot of companies out there that get their funding and they make their they make themselves in here but there are those that are not uh that's not savvy enough to have the business mind to know how to manage the capital that they get to go ahead and fund themselves so they can start creating the process of being a functioning profitable company you know, what do you mm-hmm. throw to those people that might have gone through a situation like you did, and how you survived it? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been a, an entrepreneur all of my life. Uh, as you pointed out, after graduating college, I started an ice cream company, and I've, I've always, other than a short period of time where I actually worked for somebody else, um, all, the rest of the time, uh, my whole adult life, I've been an entrepreneur and. So much of business success in my mind really is about persistence and resilience and, and truly just never giving up. Uh, and and it's, uh, that's an important part of that mindset. Uh, obviously, you know, to your point of, hey, there's other people out there that got funded and, and then they didn't know how to manage that money. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's what I would call a critical error. And it's very, very difficult to re- recover from that. And so, uh, you know, you need to obviously when you get started in anything, make sure you're well capitalized, but also have, you know, have a good capital plan and be able to hold yourself accountable to it. Um, because once the money's spent, it's, you, you don't get it back. And so, um, you know, I, I, those are lessons that I've, I've learned over time and have been very cautious to make sure that we don't, um, you know, that we don't overspend that if we, we've, we've raised a lot of money, um, to do what we've done. I suppose raised a lot of money in, in the real estate world. Uh, again, truly billions, uh, and then, um, you know, then, but now tens of millions in the cannabis space. Yeah. And each time, it's, you know, there's that same critical element of, you know, you know, have a budget and stick to it. Now, let's talk about yeah. franchising. When I think of franchising, you know, I think of Ray Kroc, I think of McDonald's, I think of the whole idea of how you just, it's just always just the great model as to being able to go ahead and put your a style of business and having others buy into the same idea and create your business in the same lightness in other markets that are developing and growing mm-hmm. in time. So you're touting yourself, uh, One Cannabis as the world's most powerful cannabis franchise system. What made you decide to go into franchising, let alone 
in the cannabis industry? Yeah, so you know, I, I've been in the cannabis industry for nearly a decade now. And during that time, um, and again, I'm, I'm an experienced entrepreneur, and so I've run a lot of businesses. I, I understand the, the basic components of running any business. And, right. and you know, it, business is business in a sense. You know, and, and if, it's, if it's cannabis, real estate, or ice cream, those are all just a widget. And the, there's, the, you know, there's the functions of accounting, human resources, legal compliance. Um, all those things are true no matter what business you're in. And so I had a, I had a, I have a pretty deep and broad background in, in just running successful businesses. Um, and then in cannabis specifically, we were, when I got started, it was really, I was really a one band show. I had a, you know, I, I had a, a warehouse and I had a, a key in my hand and I'd walk in in the morning and unlock the door and I'd go inside and do everything. And then at the evening I would walk out and I'd lock the door and I'd go home and I would repeat that process the next day. Over time, I've uh, built a, 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 a huge team of, of people that, that came on to be subject matter experts. And now there's people that, you know, really tend to the plants and there's somebody who's the architect of everything we do at the plants and there's facilities managers and trim managers. And we have accountants and human resources and compliance and a COO and a CEO. And we have this whole group of people now that have come in behind me that, that are really running this business and, and we're, and we've, we've got very good at running compliant and profitable cannabis businesses. And I always keep it in that order, man. In this business, you have to be compliant first. It's heavily regulated. And then you then you have to be profitable because if you well, don't, you go out of business. Right. So and we I, got I, good I want to go through some of that. Let's go, we're, we're going to come yeah. back to that point in a few minutes. But I want to just go ahead and get to you about just the process. And right now, the idea that you were looking to – you put a pretty big goal for yourself. You want to have – just in the state of Colorado alone – 50 locations within the next 30 months. So we're talking about yeah. the ideas that dispensaries need to do to become part of One Cannabis. Well, again, go ahead and take me a little bit more into what are the things that need to be done to be mm-hmm. one of those locations. Yeah. So the, the 50 number is picked right now. There's 529 uh, recreational dispensaries in the state of Colorado. Uh, the 50 number was to get us to about 10%. Right. The idea was that that would get us sort of that critical mass where we could get name name brand recognition, which is an important part of the franchising model. So really, what got it, that's what's bringing us into this is like, hey, we're good at what we do, and we're we're better at it than a lot of people, and 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 there's power in numbers, and uh, you know, and, and bring especially under brand recognition. And so we got into this because really recognizing a need um, that right now cannabis is a, is a hugely fragmented market. Um, there's really, there's no nationally recognized brands. There's a few brands that are even recognized within each individual state where it's legal. And, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're building upon that need that I believe, I think, you know, American consumers, we're, we're probably more likely to go get a hamburger from a McDonald's than we are to get, you know, a Bur- Joe's Burger Shack, right. just because of the familiarity that we have. Um, but you know, like franchising is such a common thing. I mean, it's, it's our, you know, uh, H&R Block is a franchise and Mikey Mufflers is a franchise and, you know, Coca-Cola Bottling is a franchise. I mean, the NFL teams are franchises. Absolutely. You know, well, so the, but one thing that yeah. has to happen is that when it comes to franchising, just in this business and having to know what you need to know would be a different thing. Now, I want to follow up with a question about the process that new franchisees need to go through to onboard themselves into this. I want to do that after we get back from a quick commercial break. We're here with Christian Hageseth, CEO of One Cannabis. We'll be back with him and with all of you here on Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. 
rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Friday night, August 25th, CannabisRadio.com and the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo invite you aboard the hottest party of the summer. Burn like a baller and party like a player at High Tide. An exclusive VIP experience aboard a luxurious $40 million mega yacht sailing along the intercoastal and all points in between. High Tide is destined to be the can't-miss nighttime networking event for anyone active in the cannabis space. Don't miss the boat. Tickets are going fast. RSVP now at usccexpo.com and search for Mega Yacht Party. That's usccexpo.com and search for Mega Yacht Party. High Tide is presented by the Cannabis Business Awards, honoring cannabis professionals deserving of historical recognition and esteemed accolades for industry progression and innovation. Learn more at CannabisBusinessAwards.com. Join us in Anaheim, California, this October 22nd and 23rd at NCIA and CCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference. With 60,000 square feet of expo floor, over 3,000 cannabis business leaders, and over 100 thought leaders and policymakers, the California Cannabis Business Conference is the place to learn how to navigate the world's largest adult use market. Register today at www.CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Blunt Business presented by Strainwise Consulting. I'm here with Christian Hageseth, the CEO of One Cannabis. We were just before the break talking about the franchising process, about how many different companies and how common it is to see franchising being done by so many different up-and-coming business owners, existing business owners, but it's got to be a different way of, of having to go through things when it comes to cannabis is what you need to understand your compliance what legally you need to be uh, aware of so what kind of people what kind of paperwork will new franchise franchisees encounter when they sign up with you take me through that yeah it's uh you know first it's a disclosure process we we, we get you know when people are first in touch with us we're telling them about ourselves who, who what is one can franchise who are we? How do we operate? You know, what are our, our costs? Uh, what are, what's our business model? And then after they sort of clear that hurdle and say, I want to know more, then, then we start learning a lot about them. What, what's their background? How, are they, how well financed are they? Uh, um, do they have a license already? Or are they looking to gain a license? And so, you know, they learn about us, then we learn about them. And then only if there's real, if, if we believe that we're going to be able to work well together, then we'll actually go and go ahead and, and engage in a in a, the the franchisee franchisor relationship. Um, and then at that point, uh, we'll, we'll typically be we're signing a, a franchise disclosure document, which is you know 271 pages of legalese that have 
I'm, I'm not sure, you know, other than myself and a few other people, I don't know if anyone reads it. No, um, you know, there's, uh, yeah. all, right. Uh, and then we, and then we really start the process and the process is it starts with helping them to, you know, uh, again, it all starts with compliance. So even if somebody already has a license, we start with at the licensing level, we make sure that people are, that we're helping people to get licenses, both in the state and with local approval. Uh, we provide a lot of the services around that, both writing applications and providing our expertise in a case where it's a merit-based application. We go on that, we'll run the license with them and then we'll help them to select uh, the, the location. Uh, we'll, we'll assist in the design and build out of that location so that it's both functionally correct, um, but then also it has the look and feel of the brand for now, consistency. I brought up Ray Kroc. You know, how they talk about yeah. how the success of franchising was with the real estate, with the property. So is that something, given your experience, is that something that you also tie yourself into? You know, it, it's funny you mentioned Ray Kroc. Because we, you know, I don't know if you saw the movie The Founder with oh, Michael I loved Keaton. It, yes. but, uh-huh. Right, right. right. So other than, other than it, that movie made Ray, Ray Kroc kind of look like a scoundrel. At, uh, oh, yeah. You know, it, we, we took a lot of inspiration from it because it, it is that same concept. We, you know, it really... Right now, we're focused on the on the operating business and helping people to be successful. Um, secondarily to that, what we're getting involved in is making sure that, that we are providing as much of their of their products as possible. And in the McDonald's analogy, you know, if you're a McDonald's franchisee, you buy all of your products from a company called Golden State Foods. You buy your your buns, your burgers, your napkins, your ketchup packages, your cups, right. everything it is, so that the, so that the product's consistent and the brand is consistent. And so we're doing operating company support first, and then the product supply company second. And then uh, at the same time, we have been working on a number of, 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 of the, uh, the, you know, the real estate angle, um, you know, really looking to uh, working with a couple of groups to put together something that would function much like a REIT, a real estate investment trust, uh, where, whereby um, that entity could either own or lend for our franchisees to, to control their real estate. Because, uh, you know, retailing marijuana is no different than retailing anything else. And, and one of the most, you know, the three most important things in retail are location, location, location. Absolutely. And so um, there's a lot of landlords out there that really don't want to work with the cannabis business, you know, for good reason. Uh, if you're a, a landlord and you have a mortgage on your building, uh, your mortgage has a clause that, you know, you, you can't violate any any federal or state law. And obviously... You know, the sale of cannabis is a, still a violation of the Controlled Substances Act. And until that changes, which we hope is soon, um, mortgage holders are going to have been known to cancel the mortgages um, on those buildings. And so you're looking for a landlord that's both marijuana friendly and doesn't have a, a mortgage. And then you're hoping that they have a good location. Um, and we need to turn that around. And no. so we want to participate in the real estate side to make sure that people first get the good location so the business can succeed, and then you know we can become their landlord. And so real estate is a very important part of this. With your experience, that's totally possible. Now, we mentioned relationships with, with vendors. So the franchisees are said to get exclusive access to award-winning strains and products. So what products do franchisees get to sell thanks to One Cannabis? Uh, you know, we over the nine years we've been doing this, we have uh, curated uh, about 60 strains of, of marijuana. Uh, five of those are award award winners. Um, one of those in particular, Ghost Train Haze, is the uh, one won the Cannabis Cup three years in a row. 
Uh, and so they, we give our, our people exclusive access to the, to the award winners, um, certainly. And then the, and, and then anything else that we develop over time that we believe is, is worth, worthy of being exclusive to, to our, to our retail outlets, we do that as well. Um, and so we, what we're trying to do by the exclusivity is create that, that, that ex- exclusivity. Hey, there's certain products you can only get at one cannabis. And at the same time, we're also holding out that we want to, we want to be that, that store. You don't, I don't know if you ever, I go to Whole Foods once in a while and I walk in and it's frustrating because you can't get like Doritos. Yeah. You know, they have all this 365 branded stuff. And I'm like, we're Doritos. I like Doritos. <laughs> right. Um, and so, well, some of the brands, right? yes. <laughs> yeah. And so we do have exclusivity on our brands, but also we're, we're going to help in, in each state, you know, Colorado, California, Ohio, Michigan, Nevada, wherever we're operating, that we're going to go out and curate the best products that, that each state has to offer so that when consumers walk in, not only do they have access to the exclusive award winners, but they also have access to the best of what the rest of the market has to offer. Um, so we're not trying to, you know, white label everything under our brand and only have that available for consumers. It's really, you know, it's, at the end of the day, any retailing is about delighting your consumer, giving the consumer a reason to come back to your store rather than the competitors. And uh, obviously product selection is a big part of that. Well, I have a, just a couple of quick questions before we get to our next break. We've talked about the franchising process for onboarding new dispensaries in Colorado. That's been in the home base. Yeah. But now talk to me about how there's words that you are planning a national expansion. You have 29 states right now to choose from. Which states do you think you would start with? You know, we're under, um, so I differentiate. We, we have sold franchises in Colorado, and we have franchisees under development, ah. uh, which means that they, we're already engaged with them. They've paid us a fee, and we're working towards opening a store. And um, we've done that in um, California, Michigan, Ohio, you know, working on Nevada, working on New Jersey, um, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania. And so, the again, the, the model is, is very, you know, that's the thing with franchising is our, our expertise is running compliant and profitable, you know, vertically integrated marijuana operations. And as such, we can, you know, we can go to whichever state it is. There, there are things that are consistent about growing and selling marijuana in every state. And then each state has its own nuances. Um, but again, we have a very large team. And so our ability to adjust to the nuances in any, any given state is, um, it's, it's easy for us relative to a, a newcomer who has to try to learn everything about, you know, every nuance about growing and, and retailing marijuana. Um, so the multi-state expansion is something we're, we're we're deeply involved in right now. Um, actually, we're flying up to uh, flying to Toronto um, next week uh, to to look at some Canadian expansion and uh, meeting with some companies there that might lead us to um, some other international expansion. And that's you know, that leads me to my, my next question because about we're about seven weeks out before Canada becomes the the law of uh, basically prohibition is repealed for uh, Canada's uh, adult use legalization. That's reality coming up. So when you see that, you know, what kind of response have you gotten from possible franchisees up north so far? Obviously, you're having a meeting with it, but how how much uh, business could you think you could do up there? You know, I, I think there's a, a, a really good opportunity up there. But just to, you know, keep it in perspective, Colorado this year will probably do about, you know, between a million, a, a billion six and a billion eight in, in overall revenue for the state of Colorado sales of cannabis. 
Um, Canada nationwide is looking at about six billion. So it's um, it is a national market. It is an international market, um, and but the rel- the size of it relative to you know things that we're currently working on, it's not it's not staggering. Um, but it is it is bigger, and, and there's been there's been some a, a, a lot of interest, um, and a couple other people have indicated they're gonna you know some people who really don't have any other operating experience have thrown their hat into a ring to help people franchise their retail operations in Canada. And that's really what led us to Canada specifically was the, those other people looking to let's say, Hey, you know, I probably, I can use help on this. I'll be more successful. I'll sleep better at night. I'll probably make more money if I work with a partner that really knows how this business operates rather than trying to figure it out myself. And those are the people when they look around and they start seeing other opportunities when they make it to, to, to us, um, you know, we typically we sort of move to the top of that pile. And that's what that's what's happened in, in Canada, and uh, we've had again a, a number of great conversations with individuals up there, and now we're going up to work with a couple of the larger companies and see how we might manage that um, that expansion into Canada. Wonderful, Christian. We have a few more questions for you. I'm going to do that, but we're going to take one more break to wrap things up, and then we'll come back again with Christian Hagesif, the CEO of One Cannabis, here on Blunt Business, managed by Streamwise Consulting, here on CannabisRadio.com. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Retail sales of medical or recreational cannabis in the United States are expected to hit 8 to $10 billion. Are you ready to invest in the fastest growing business sector in America? Then you have to check out the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, Phoenix, October 4th through the 6th. Open to the public. This two-day conference will focus a wide range of sectors, including health care, law, politics, sports, and numerous investment opportunities for entrepreneurs and startups. Hundreds of exhibitors will showcase their products and services to medical patients, caregivers, mainstream consumers, and business-to-business professionals. Join us as we merge business, education, and entertainment with thousands of attendees at the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo in Phoenix, October 4th to the 6th. For more information, go to usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. The 2018 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo is just days away. August 24th through the 26th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Don't miss out on a jam-packed weekend of education, speed networking, powerful keynotes, plus our can't-miss networking mega-yacht event, High Tide. You still have time to join us in Miami August 24th through the 26th for the 2018 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Don't miss out. Log on to usccexpo.com and register now. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back for the conclusion of this week's Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com, managed by Strainwise Consulting. So I want to go ahead and 
put you on the spot here, Christian. Uh, Christian Hagensith, CEO of One Cannabis, is with us. Took a couple of quotes that you have made mention of, and I wanted to go ahead and talk to you about a few things that you have said, ask you about them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote you a couple times here and get your comments. So one quote okay. I got from you is, quote, I wish I could have franchised when I started. I would have saved millions avoiding costly mistakes. So what common mm-hmm. mistakes do you think dispensaries could do better based on what you've learned? We already know about your real estate, but what about what you've been doing in the franchising world? You know, uh, there's a lot. Um, you know, out of the gate, uh, there, you know, again, if you're operating in the United States, there, uh, you know, we, we say that cannabis has a tax problem. Uh, that tax problem is uh, co- codified in 280E of the IRS code. And uh, that pro- prohibits the deduction of uh, expenses related to the sale or, or transportation of a controlled substance. And so the, just the very beginning, the way you set up your store matters. Because if you, like, if you have a retail store, you wanna minimize your sales floor footprint and maximize within that store the other areas, reception employee break room, bathrooms, vaults. And, and all those things really matter because that the sales floor is non-deductible. The employee activity on the sales floor is non-deductible. But the, the, the floor outside of that, the, the, and the, the uh, employment outside of that are deductible. And th- these are huge swings, huge dollar amounts we're talking about. Uh, you know, in that, I mean, easily hundreds of thousands of years, uh, dollars a year. The other is because, again, same 280E problem, I, I, I developed two buildings in one year. I developed a dispensary and a grow in the, in the same calendar year. And um, when I did it, I, I took the operating company for each and I funded the operating company. And then the operating company did all the tenant improvements and put in all the SF&E. The problem again was that's a non-deductible expense. And so if I had turned that around and I'd taken and I'd created a real estate company that funded the tenant improvements and funded the FF&E, and then I had leased that to the operating company, then I could have made a number of those, um, a lot of those expenses deductible. Now in that particular year, because of the amount of money we spent, and it was two facilities, that was actually a million dollar mistake. Just that, that one thing. Um, you have that experience of, that, of dealing sure. with. You definitely have that experience of dealing with millions of dollars and knowing how it can yeah. be made and how it can be lost. That's amazing, right? Shoot. Yeah, security is the other one. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, you know there's security requirements in every state with cannabis, and those are reasonable. Uh, but it's in this business, it's not if the bad guys are coming for you, but when. And so we've learned over time that there's, you know, there's parts of the security requirements you just meet, and then there's other parts that you far surpass. Because even if you meet the security requirements and the bad guys get in and they steal your stuff, you're still the one holding the, holding the empty bag of cash at the end. You've lost all the money. Uh, and so security is a big one. Sales floor is a big one. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the structure is big. So there's, there's been, and I, I, could, I could go on and on, but oh, there's no, been but a I'll lot of you. lessons about that, uh, about, you know, the, the expensive lessons that we've learned over time that we want to make sure that our, our franchisees and other partners don't make those same mistakes. And I'll tell you, you've learned how to be an expert in dealing with risk, handling risk, and overcoming risk. And that's a very important lesson that a lot of the franchisees, I'm sure, get to know from you, That which really tells you how much uh, well of an entrepreneur you are, that you've overcome and you've strived really well and, and you've gotten much more seasoned and uh, gotten wise to a lot of things since then, uh, mm. that, which really helps out all these people that are just getting into the business. Now, one more quote I'm going to bring yeah. you up about 
quote, you don't need to know how to talk to a landlord or secure a bank account because we'll be right there with you, walking you through the entire process and giving you access to our hundreds of vetted business relationships. At the end of the day, the only relationship you need is one us. Now, you're going to have yep. a lot of dispensaries that you're working with and more coming along. How do you keep that personal relationship with new and existing dispensaries when you're stretched out, interacting with all those mm -hmm. others? Yeah. Um, oh, yes. The first point is that you know, just to not to you know, sort of clarify, we say that I'm stretched out. You know, uh, I, I represent a large group of people. We're we're an institution with, that has institutional knowledge, and mm -hmm. to that extent, there's you know, there's parts of us that are, have dealt with real estate, and other people in the company that have dealt with products, and others that with insurance, and uh, a lot of others with accounting and compliance, and so. If we lose one of those team members, we the institution can replace them, and we can we can you know support that person to make sure that we don't have a blind spot. And so we have the ability to grow the institution to scale as we add these other partners. Um, it, but it, but it is really important, you know. In particular, there's um there's a there's a in any new industry, I believe, and I'm you know I don't want to just single out cannabis in this, but there's a there's a large bullshit factor because somebody is going to come forward and say. I've got a product or service that you need. And again, after doing this for 10 years with a lot of other people around me on our team, there's a lot of the stuff that you're just like, it, you know, we just know in the beginning, it's like, that's not gonna work. And they're like, well, why isn't it gonna work? You know, the salesperson's so convinced that their product is exactly what you need. And you're like, you know why I know? Because I've tried it. And I've tried it five or six times over the last decade. I, I hear your value proposition, Mr. Vendor, but I also know the realities of operating a business. I know the realities of the market. I know the realities of consumers and your product service, your the advantage that you are so passionate about just doesn't resonate. It doesn't, it doesn't end up penning out to do what it is. And so, you know, there's a lot of experience that goes into that. And um, we actually, in both our cultivation facilities and in our retail facilities, we're always testing, you know, new products. We, we, we want to make sure that we're, you know, not stagnant. We want to make sure that we, we stay current we're, and we're, we're doing the best we can. Yeah. And so we're always bringing things in. But, you know, um, again, a, a new entrant to the market, when when someone comes in and tells you that they've got LED lights, they're going to be 100% as good as your, you know, the big HID lights. You know, we have a lot of experience that tells us what their place in the cultivation facility is and, and what it's not. Okay, so and similarly uh, with products and like ed edible products, it's like there's three main selling edible products, you know, gummies, chocolates, and tinctures. And there's a lot of people out there that have these sort of novel concepts about how they change those a little bit and they should be so much better. And uh, again, we just have a lot of experience about what works and doesn't. So we're at our final minute here with uh, Christian Hagen, the CEO of One Cannabis. So Christian, as we close things out, tell us how people can learn more about possibly being a franchise with you, learning more about what you do let people know what websites they should go to. Yeah, our, uh, our website is one-cannabis.com, O-N-E cannabis.com. Um, and from there, there's a lot of information on who we are and how we operate and uh, the, you know, ask and a, and a button to request information. You go on there, you can uh, down, you can request to receive the uh, franchise disclosure document. And that really tells you everything you need to know. So uh, if people want to contact us, one-cannabis.com. Great opportunity for those of you out there that are looking to go ahead and partner up with somebody really important that really 
has everything set to go and if you just want to put yourself invest into something that we're learning a lot about with one cannabis i think christian uh puts out a really good argument out there that you might need to consider talking to him and his team and seeing if franchising your dispensary might be a good option for you so with that said we're going to close out this additional blunt business thank you christian for being on with us Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. Thank you all here for listening to Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. Of course, managed by StrainWise Consulting. Go to StrainWiseConsulting.com if you want to learn more. And you can download past episodes of Blunt Business by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.